This is the Monetize Everything Podcast, a place where people just like you can learn how to build wealth, improve personal finances, and start an online business all online. Now, here's your host, serial entrepreneur, author, and speaker, George Pitts. What's good, everybody? Ladies and gentlemen, good morning, good afternoon, good evening to where you are. It's your boy, George Pitts from the Monetize Everything podcast. And in today's episode, we're going to be talking about why you should consider investing in the stock market. Um, We are in February now of 2019. And one of the things uh, that's going on right now is tax season. And as as many people know, during tax season, uh, that's when people go out and they start financing cars that they don't need. They start buying items that they don't need and just you know, spending a lot of this money on foolishness. Um, So by the time that, you know, April and May rolls around, you know, six, seven, sometimes even $8,000 is gone. Um, You've got some people that will literally go nine months without that money and literally get it and have it gone within three, Um, sometimes less than that. Most of the time, probably less than that. And um, I was reading an interesting article not too long ago about, Um, how over 52% of Americans do not have uh, at least $400 in their savings account to cover an unexpected expense. $400. Now let's talk about that for a second. $400, okay? $400. If you take $400, okay, and you look at that over the course of, 26 weeks, right? Because if the average American gets paid biweekly, okay? So there's 26 weeks um, in one year for biweekly pay period. So you're talking about roughly $15.38 is what someone would have to put back every payday to have $400 in their account. So we have over 50% of Americans that working adults who cannot or have not put back $15.38 to where they can afford a $400 emergency. Now, many people will say, well, you know, we can't afford to do that. Not everybody can afford to do that. I have to tell you, you can't afford not to, right? You can't, you cannot afford not to have something back. Um, you know, I know it's tough out there. I know there's some areas and some cities and states where the cost of living is high. I I get that. But you cannot afford to not be able to put back at least $15.38 from your paycheck. I mean, we've, you know, my my rule of thumb is a person should always be paying themselves no less than 10% every paycheck. Um, I would say 10 to 15% uh, if you really want to get down to the numbers, but uh, I think that uh, anyone that works uh, any type of job or uh, has a business of any sort that you should not go without paying yourself at least 10% of what you make before uh, you pay, you know, the power, the the rent, the car payment, all that stuff. You should pay yourself. I mean, why, why go to work? Um, to put money in everybody else's hands, but but the earner, which is you. Um, but that that's another podcast for another day. I I could go and start ranting about that. But let's talk about the stock market real quick. 
The reason that I feel that everyone should be investing in the stock market is a few reasons. The first reason is that uh, the stock market um, has an annual average return of 10% or more per year, okay? Um, 10% or more per year. That's going to be more than what you're going to get in a savings account, um, in a money market account, um, probably in a bond, a treasury bond, a junk bond, um, you know, more than likely a regular annual raise. Uh, it's the only investment vehicle outside of real estate that's going to keep up with inflation or at least, um, you know, give you some, you know, some, some competition with it. Um, you know, so, so that's one, that's one reason. The second reason is that, uh, when you are invested into a company, the company or the CEO in this case is the one doing all the work. Um, you are now, when you put your money into a stock, okay, uh, you're putting your money into a company and you're becoming a investor. Okay. So let's back up a little bit. When you go and you buy a share of a particular company, you now become invested in that company. So now you have a vested interest. So now it's up to the CEOs like Jeff Bezos and and um, um, Tim Cook and, you know, some of these other, uh, you know, Mark Zuckerberg and some of these other CEOs of, of many large publicly traded companies uh, it's now up to them to perform. It's up to them to uh, put everything in place so that the company becomes valuable and profitable for its shareholders. When a company goes public, their job is to bring shareholder value. Okay. And part of the deal is that what many of you have to understand is that when you see a lot of these um, very rich individuals who are, you know, multimillionaires and, and some billionaires like, uh, like Mark Zuckerberg or or uh, Warren Buffett or um, Jeff Bezos, a lot of their net worth is tied into their their company stock. So they also have an have a vested interest because uh, when that stock goes down, so does their net worth because a lot of their net worth is tied into the stock. Um, you've got some CEOs that they get paid a, a salary of a certain amount. Um, and then they get a, uh, a stock uh, compensation plan that, that issues them so many shares of the company's stock, uh, which, which, which greatly increases their, their net worth. Um, so now you're basically putting the, the money into this company and someone else has to do the work. So now you, you're giving your money the opportunity to grow and you are putting it into someone else's hands. Because once you invest it into the company, now it's that company's job to grow that money because, you know, you might put a few hundred or a few thousand, you know, into a stock, but there's millions, sometimes billions of dollars in the stock. So there's a lot of heavy hands that have a vested interest that is going to make sure that even your small portion is going to become valuable because no one puts millions of dollars into a stock to lose it. Um, so, so, so that's, that, that's my second thing. Um, is that the the fact that uh, it's it's giving your money the opportunity to grow and someone else is responsible uh, for making sure that money grows is it, it, you know as far as if you are a long term investor uh, in that case now if you're a day trader it's a little bit different uh, but for the most part it's still up to the CEO and the company to make the company to, to make it valuable um, and then the third reason why you want to put money in the stock is to diversify. Um, I think that everyone who uh, who earns any kind of money, whether you earn it from a W-2 
or a 1099 um, that you should be investing in your retirement. Okay, that's one form of investment. That's investing for your future. And I think the other uh, part that you should be investing in, of course, in this case is stocks. Um, you know, so it's going to allow you to diversify because, you know, I believe the average person should have a savings account that's separate from their checking. They should have in, um, investing in their 401k in their retirement, right? Because there's no guarantee that social security is going to be there because anytime that they need money for something, they dip into the social security pool. Um, so even though you're paying that every, you know, month or week or however often, uh, you pay into your taxes, um, there's still no guarantee that you're going to see it in the next 20, 30, 40, 50 years, right? So uh, I believe that you should be investing into your retirement. Um, and the third thing that I want to say is you should have it into um, into some sort of a stock. Um, so many of you guys might ask, well, you know, how do I find a stock? How do I buy a stock? Well, one of the things that I always tell people is to get familiar with industries that you are familiar with, right? Get uh, get familiar with companies within a specific industry that you're familiar with. Um, don't just go out and buy a popular stock because it's popular. Don't go and buy Amazon uh, just because, you know, Amazon's very popular and it's worth a lot of money and uh, you know, the CEO is where, you know, is the richest man in the world. That's not, that's not a, that's not the greatest reason to buy Amazon. Plus, uh, you probably can't afford Amazon. You know, Amazon stock price right now is $1,600. So if I've got $1,600 and that's all I got, um, I'm sorry, but one share is not going to bring me a lot of value, right? I'm going to need more than one share to bring some value to me. Um, so, so Amazon is not going to cut the cake on that, right? Um, some people might say, well, you know, I'm going to go and buy Apple stock because Apple's the richest company in the world. And that's, and that's fine. That's great. Uh, Apple's $174 and 18 cents right now. So if I've only got $500 to invest, you're only going to be able to buy what about three shares of Apple, you know, if that, uh, so that's not another good company, but if you are a big person that you love the technology sector, let's look for some companies within that sector. Uh, that maybe you can afford, you know, if you've got, if you've got, um, you know, $500 to invest in, um, I think it's pretty safe to say that you could go and look for uh, a stock around, you know, $20 or less per share, right? And there's many companies out there and, and tech companies are some of the best companies to invest in just because uh, when they start to grow and they get to a certain level, a lot of times they get bought out by bigger companies, um, if you look at EMC, now EMC was already a, a big company, but they were purchased by Dell and Dell had took them private. So they bought all of the shareholders out, right? That was a really big purchase. Um, so tech companies, they get, they get bought out like that. Then you got a company like Nimble, a storage company. They got bought out by HP, um, for, for billions of dollars. So a lot of those shareholders, you know, they, they, they ended up getting, uh, you know, really good pay. Then you got BlackBerry. They bought a company called Silence, which is a an antivirus company, right? And and so you 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 get these companies that whenever they start to you know make some noise and start to grow and their product starts to really uh, get its place in the marketplace, these bigger companies that have billions of dollars, they're looking at it like, okay, if we go and purchase this company and we put more money into it as far as in research and development. 
um, we can take this, we, we can make a lot more money with this company and make a lot of our money back over a period of time. So, you know, start to go and look in those sectors that you're familiar with. Uh, I'm a person that I believe that, and I don't want to contradict myself, so I'm going to explain this, what I'm going to say next, but I'm a person that believes if you got a closet full of Nike or Jordan or, 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 or Converse or anything like that, you should have some shares of Nike. Um, if you are a person that drinks a, a, a Coke every single day and you just got to have a Coke, you know, there's people out there, they got to have like five Cokes a day um, and they've got, you know, cases and cases of Cokes. Uh, you know, I think that you should have some shares of Coke. OK, now, um, if you're a person that has a lot of uh, Apple products, um, you should be saving up some money to 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 buy some Apple shares. Now, if you've only got five hundred dollars, maybe that's not going to be the best option for you for the simple fact that two or three shares aren't going to uh, really make a lot of noise for you. But, you know, 10 plus shares or, or, you know, in my rule of thumb, I like to say around 20 shares or more, um, you know, that's going to provide a lot more value than, than just one or two shares, right? I, I've got a lot of friends uh, that I've invested with in the past or, or, or we've sat down and talked about different things and they would go out and buy like one share of Google or go, just to say they have a share of Google. And I'm like, you know, that's not going to, to provide you that type of value. Plus, you got to think some of these companies that, that are that are, you know, at five hundred dollars, a thousand dollars. Those are growth stocks. You know, those those are those are blue chip stocks. So a lot of times they don't pay a dividend, which which is basically something where they pay you uh, so much money for every share that you have, depending on how their quarter turns out. Um, those are what you call investment stocks or income stocks. Um, because basically they give you a form of income. A lot of millionaires, uh, who re- who are retired, they invest a lot into, uh, in, in, you know, into, um, those type of, uh, stocks like AT&T is a great dividend stock. Uh, I think, um, um, there's an oil and gas one. I'm drawing a blank right now. I want to say mobile one, but I, I can't remember right now. But, you know, there's a lot of really good solid dividend stocks that have a history of paying out a dividend pretty consistently. And those are very good stocks to get into as well. But uh, I'm a true believer that you want to definitely get into, uh, you know, some industries that you're familiar with. So if you're a techie and you love technology and you keep up with the latest of technology, you'll know some good companies out there or at least companies in a particular sector of that uh, of that area that uh, you could start doing some research on. Go and check out who the CEO is. Go and check out their stock price history. You know, um, do they have any reverse split history, which is where they basically cancel out so many shares and it decreases the shareholder value so it can increase the stock price. Uh, I would not buy a stock that's, you know, trading around one to two dollars because uh, if the stock drops below a dollar, uh, they have so many days to get it back up over a dollar before they get delisted from some of the larger, um, uh, you know, trading platforms such as NASDAQ and New York Stock Exchange and Amex and things like that. So, you know, I would go check the reverse stock history. I'd go and check the uh, the C-level histories. Do they have a lot of turnover at the C-level for CFOs, CEOs, CEOs and um, different things like that. Uh, what kind of, you know, go and check out their uh, 10Q statements and see what kind of, uh, you know, what what kind of income they've got coming in, what their balance sheet looks like, their income statements and cash flow statements. And, you know, do they've got cash? Are they paying off debt? Are they continuously uh, taking out loans? You know, go and do some some what we call due diligence 
And then what you want to do is make a uh, a list, right? You want to you want to make a watch list, and you could do this on like Yahoo Finance, or you could do it on uh, your broker account, uh, which we'll talk about some brokers that uh, you might consider as as a new uh, trader here in just a moment. Um, and what a watch list is is basically where you add a particular stock to a list that you create, and then you can watch the price. You know, so if it starts to drop down. Um, and gets to a place to where it's more affordable or at least is trading around uh, or near that 52 week low. That's where I like to buy stocks long term. Um, you know, now I need to make sure that, it, that, that you know, that there's a, a support level there. But uh, for the most part, I like to buy stocks around that. I don't I don't really like to buy stocks when they're trading around their 52 week high uh, just because if they've already had a good run, um, there's not a guarantee that they're going to exceed that until you know a year from now because one thing about the stock market is that history repeats itself and if a stock was trading at a 52 week high six weeks ago uh and it's just a few pennies or a few dollars under that right now i don't know if i want to wait an entire year for it to exceed that 52 week low i'd rather it come back down a little bit uh you know to give you an example let's say it's trading at a 52 the 52 week high is ten dollars and right now it's trading at 925, right? That's a little too close to the 52-week high for me as, a, as someone that would be a long-term investor. I'd want to get in somewhere around, you know, no no more than maybe 650, 7. Um, again, this isn't, uh, this is just my strategies. I, now, again, you want to do some more research, uh, but that's just kind of where I'm at. But, um, you know, you want to uh, create that list. Um, and start doing some research on the particular companies that you're looking at, or at least uh, companies that are trading at an amount that you feel that you could buy at least, uh, I'd like to say 10 to 20 or more shares. Um, and then just get familiar with some of the, the the companies out there in that particular niche, the tech niche or the healthcare niche or the retail niche, which is not doing very well uh, in some in some instances. But, you know, get familiar with it and um, create your list, do your research, and then, um, you know, come up with an entry point. Your entry point is basically where you decide what price you feel comfortable buying in at that stock. And then um, you can come up with a plan to uh, continually to invest into that stock over a period of time. Or uh, once you buy your 10 or 20 shares and you feel, you know, pretty good about that and you look at what your potential earnings could be if it trades back around this 52-week high within a year and you feel pretty good about that, then you could start looking at another stock to trade in next uh, because I feel that you should be trading throughout the year and you should be owning several different types of stocks. Um, now, let's talk about brokers real quick. So some good brokers out there uh, that are really good for trading, one of my favorite ones um, is TD Ameritrade. Uh, TD Ameritrade is a great platform for both beginners and uh, seasoned traders. Um, I like TD Ameritrade because they have one of the best customer services around. Um, they also have some awesome tools. One of the tools that I highly recommend to use on that is called Thinkorswim, uh, which gives you access to level two and a lot of other trading tools for uh, chart patterns and seeing who's buying and selling and um, you know, get some different alerts. And plus they have a lot of uh, different uh, lunch and learns that they do over the tool as well. And literally you can watch like episodes of CNBC within the app. I mean, the app is just crazy. And I think it's really awesome. 
And it's really good for, for both seasoned traders and uh, new traders. Uh, another platform that's pretty good is E-Trade. Uh, E-Trade is a very solid platform, uh, easy to use. They got a great mobile app. I think they have probably one of the best mobile apps of, of, of most of the brokers, in my opinion. Uh, TD Ameritrade has a pretty good one, but, but E-Trades is, is probably top on my list. Um, they do have level two, uh, tools as well, but you do have to pay for it every month. Um, so, but, but their tools are pretty good as well, but it's just an easy platform. They've got a great interface and I think it's really good for a lot of new traders to understand. And then if you're going to be a long-term trader and you're not really looking at doing too much, uh, from a chart perspective, which is what you call technical analysis, uh, I would probably recommend going with Robinhood. Uh, the reason I like Robinhood is because it's a very simple interface. Uh, you basically see your stocks and you create your watch list. That's about it. And there's no commissions. And what your commission is, is basically if you buy a stock that's trading at $10 a share and you buy 10 shares of that, which will cost you $100, um, you're going to have to pay $100 plus the commission fee. The commission fee can be anywhere from, you know, allied trades, I think at like $4.95 for commissions. Um, I believe that TD Ameritrade is around eight ninety five or six ninety five, and I think uh, E Trade's around six ninety five or seven ninety five. Uh, so basically, if you bought ten shares of a ten dollars stock, uh, you would pay a hundred dollars plus the six dollar ninety five cents or four dollar ninety five cent commission fee, whatever that may be. And then when you sell it, uh, whatever you sell it for, they're going to subtract another commission fee for either four dollars and ninety five cents or. Five ninety five, six ninety five, whatever the commission rate is. So you're going to end up paying a commission rate twice on any stock that you buy and sell. Which you know, um, if you sell ten stocks over the course of a month and your average uh, commission is six dollars and ninety five cents, uh, you're going to you're you're going to spend about a hundred dollars in commissions over the course of that month. Which if you look at it, a ten dollars stock that that's ten shares that you could have bought. Which you know, Robinhood can alleviate that. But Robinhood is mostly, in my opinion, better for traders who are looking to invest in the stock and pretty much leave the money there for for you know the long term, you know, a few months or more. Uh, not for someone that's looking to buy and sell stocks every couple of days or within a week, uh, because I don't believe they do day, day trading on Robinhood. Uh, I know I don't day trade on there when I first uh, used it; they didn't have day trading, but I know they they made some uh, changes to it since then that that may be good for you. So um, that's the advice I got. Uh, I hope that this helped. Uh, like I said, uh, I, I'm a true believer that everyone should have their money in some vehicle that allows it to grow. Uh, you know, keeping your money parked in a, a savings account that doesn't draw any zero to, you know, very, you know, less than a percent or, you know, one percent or less of interest. You know, unless you're installing tens of thousands of dollars, which even in that case, you probably want to put it into something else like a CD or money market. You're just not going to see a good return on that. Now, that's not to say that you should not have a savings account because you definitely should. Uh, but I just feel that you want to have money in multiple places, but you need to have it in places that are going to allow it to grow. OK, uh, remember, money is a tool, not a system. Use it to improve things, to fix things. Um, and better things, but don't use it to, uh, you know, allow it to contribute to a cycle. 
because a cycle is just like a system and does the same thing over and over and over until you break it. Uh, so, so don't do that. And as we close today, guys, remember to check us out at georgepittsco.com. Uh, join my mailing list if it's something that you want to learn more about us. Uh, or learn more about investing or just some other things on personal finance. We send out emails uh, a couple of times a week. We don't spam people. We're not sending emails multiple times a day, every single day, seven days a week. Uh, I don't do that. Uh, we send out informational emails to give you good info on the stock market, on personal finances, credit, uh, building a business, uh, several areas that has to do with your personal finance. So make sure you go and visit georgepittsco.com. Sign up for the email list. We'd love to have you. And uh, we send out some very great content there. And remember, guys, if you are committed to taking care of your money, your money will be committed to taking care of you. Until next time, this is George Pitts, and this is another episode of the Monetize Everything podcast. Thanks for listening to the Monetize Everything podcast with George Pitts. Visit us at georgepittsco.com for show notes and more resources on how to build wealth, improve your finances, and multiple streams of income all online. 